Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Anyone with a television set knows that there is general chaos in our country today. Uh, If you look and you see what's going on, you see mobs of people roaming through the streets, some peaceful, some not so peaceful. Uh, You see things going on that, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I didn't think would ever go on in this country. Certainly not to the degree and the scale that we're seeing it now. I remember the... uh, the riots in Chicago at the Democratic Convention in 1968. Uh, That was kind of an interesting mixture of of people who were there to protest and people who were there to have a good time and uh, enjoy themselves. Um, There really wasn't any extensive uh, damage, uh, certainly not to the degree there there is today. Um, What we're seeing today is, is really an attack on authority, an attack on the Constitution, and an attack on the rule of law, uh, all of which does not bode well for the future of our country uh, if it continues, if it's allowed to continue. Uh, From an editorial point of view, uh, speaking here, I mean, what troubles me most is that the people in charge of our government who should be standing tall and preventing this from going on are silent. That really is the tragedy of what I see going on today, is that the people who should be be protecting the Constitution, protecting the citizens, the good, honest, decent citizens of our country, and that is the vast majority of our citizens, those people are not doing what their job descriptions says that they ought to do. When uh, When you see ambush of police set up, like happened uh, in Tampa several days ago, you know that there's something greatly wrong in our country, uh, immorality. But most of all, this is a planned attack on the rule of law, a planned attack on our Constitution, and most importantly, a planned attack on the Bill of Rights, which guarantees the individual freedom, the freedom of every single individual to have equal protection under the law. That's what's going on, folks. It's a tragedy. And unless something is done, our nation is also done for. 
My guest today on Freedom Forum Radio is, is someone who I respect greatly because he is a constitutional sheriff, and he's probably going to tell you what that means because he lives that every day of his service to Cherokee County. Derek Palmer, Sheriff of Cherokee County, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Good morning. I'm glad to be here this morning. Well, I'm certainly glad to have you here. And so you can start out by explaining what, when I say with right. pro, with pride, <laughs> great pride, that you're a constitutional sheriff, what does that mean to you? Well, what it means is the, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And people tend to forget that a lot of times when we have executive orders, uh, when we have things that come down from our state and local governments and, and even on a local level, a lot of times even – um, you know, from mayors and commission boards and, and things of that nature, uh, sometimes they can be unconstitutional. And when they have a discrepancy between what the Constitution says and what the law says that comes down on these different levels, the Constitution is the supreme law and should win out on all those levels and, and is winning out on all those levels. Uh, we should adhere to and uphold the Constitution of the United States and regardless of what uh, you know, some unconstitutional laws that may come out from the state level uh, may tell us that we need to do. And we're quite, we're kind of seeing that a lot in North Carolina right now, along with other states ag- across our nation that in effort to uh, disguise themselves as keeping people safe and with the COVID-19 virus going on and things of that nature, there's a lot of directives and laws that have come down uh, that are unenforceable and unconstitutional. That's a really a good point and, uh, about unenforceable laws i we see so much of that going on when when the state legislature enacts stuff and and believe me uh, what's going on today here with this one-size-fits-all governance from raleigh durham treating us out here in the west as if we're no different than the mecklenburg county and charlotte and winston-salem and raleigh durham and nashville that really is denying us our individual rights. Our representatives, no matter what they do, have not made any headway with the governor. Uh, but that's really what I call an un, you know, unenforceable laws. Those executive orders of his, of his are unenforceable. How do you how do you deal with that? Well, there's a there's a lot of issues that comes along with this that we that we could talk about for hours. Um, one is the fact of that you have to ask yourself with a lot of these executive orders that are coming out of Raleigh, that's a one size fit all that covers our entire state. Uh, what in places like Cherokee County and places in other counties in the far West, North Carolina, what is it actually accomplishing? What, what are these executive orders actually accomplishing as far as the spread of COVID-19, as far as trying to keep people safe? Uh, one of the things that we have talked amongst ourselves with the Sheriff's Association amongst the other sheriffs, especially the Western North Carolina sheriffs, is the fact of that in our border counties, uh, Cherokee County is the great example of that. We border Tennessee and North Carolina. And so we got these executive orders coming down from Raleigh stating that, you know, our businesses have to remain closed. You have to wear a mask in public. It came out yesterday, um, you know, that uh, certain things we can't do, have to do the social distancing and, and all those different things. Uh, that they issue these orders out that we have to abide by. Uh, but our residents, our citizens, are losing their businesses or some of them are losing their homes because they can't work and, and their mortgages are not getting paid and things of that nature. 
but yet they can still go across the border to Georgia or to Tennessee and visit their favorite restaurants and shop and do all those things they would normally do anyway. And and for those orders as far as the far west, the only thing it's accomplishing is to shut down businesses and to keep people from working and, and paying their bills and things of that nature. Uh, because people are still being exposed to COVID-19. They're still being exposed in these other places and going to these other places. So my my real issue with all this is what are you accomplishing by doing that? Uh, we, we have been on the phone with each other, the sheriffs talking about, and a lot of sheriffs have been trying to lobby the governor and send letters and things of that nature uh, to the governor and trying to explain this from our standpoint out here. Uh, but to this point, it seems to be a falling on deaf ears in Raleigh that they don't want to um, – make any exceptions or take it on a county by county basis or situational basis. They look at problems that happen in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, Wake, Durham, Guilford County, a lot of those counties out in the mid part of the state. And they see problems in those particular counties, but they want to do a one size fit all blanket for the entire state. And it's crippling our state. It's hurting our state. My guest today on Freedom Forum Radio is is someone who I respect greatly because he is a constitutional sheriff, and he's probably going to tell you what that means because he lives that every day of his service to Cherokee County. You've mentioned something that is certainly very important to me. I mean, obviously, we on the commission, we also wrote the governor. Uh, we, We requested that he consider the fact that our county is not the same as the county he lives in, not the same as Charlotte, Mecklenburg County, Winston-Salem, and large population areas. Cherokee County, North Carolina, is a county of uh, 29,000 residents. We've had 35, 36 cases of COVID. They're all pretty much recovered and one fatality early on in, in an older gentleman. Uh, and there's absolutely no reason that <clears throat> our citizens should be penalized uh, by the governor at the same while while we have competition next to us. Like you said, and this really rankles me, is that our citizens are hurting their businesses, their livelihoods, their personal financial lives are being hurt when all the citizens right around us in North Georgia and East Tennessee can go about their business as usual. And to me, that's a political move by our governor. Uh, And I don't know why he thinks that's a good thing to do, and I certainly don't know why he thinks that that's going to be a benefit to him in November when we're going to be voting for governor. Well, you know, you talked to the original question you'd ask about the enforceable laws and unenforceable laws and things of that nature. Um, you know, yesterday, and this is this is going on the same thought process you just had, is the order that came down yesterday basically says that if you're out in public and you're going to and from retail businesses and things of that nature, that you're required to have a mask and you're required to be masked in public. Um, you know, but when you get inside that restaurant, you can take your mask off. Well, it looks to me like if you're the safest part of going to eat is from your car to the to the door. I mean, that's, that's where you're the safest, but he's saying that's the place where you have to wear your mask. And once you get inside, you can take your mask off. You know, it it just doesn't make sense at the rhyme or reason of, of those kind of executive orders that come down. And the other thing with that is he actually put in the order itself 
that law enforcement will not um, execute this order as far as citizens. In other words, we will not enforce it against private citizens coming in and out. Well, why did you make the order if you all put in the order not to enforce the order that you just made? <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't make sense as to why all this is coming out. The, the Basically, what the order says is to enforce it on the business end. Is that if uh, if a business is is open for business, say a restaurant, for example, and they're open for business, and their waiters and waitresses are not using masks and they're not adhering to the order, that we are not to charge the waiter or the waitress, we are not to charge even patrons that are coming in, uh, but we are to charge the business itself and the owner of the business. So it, it's almost like it's an attack on the business. It's almost like that they're going after businesses and saying that, you know, if a citizen walks in off the street and a citizen won't adhere to the order and they won't adhere to what they're doing, you need to go charge the business owner. And and that that just doesn't make sense to me as the way that order reads. Uh, that, that is obviously a, a, an executive order that is completely devoid of logic. It's completely devoid of logic from a governor uh, who is a liberal Democrat who – and we all know that when it comes to liberal officials, logic really has nothing to do with anything they do. It's all, it's all political. It's all designed to fulfill their agenda. But that executive order, that kind of thinking, kind of is reminiscent of establishments who, have, who will not allow guns in their establishment, even though someone with a concealed carry permit is, is allowed to carry and would be allowed to carry into, let's say, a place of business or a restaurant as long as he doesn't consume alcohol. Uh, those are the laws. But when you have an establishment that says you may not bring a gun in here, and by the way, I do not patronize personally any establishment who does that, what that means is the, the period of time when you're at most risk other than being inside the establishment is when you're walking from your car to the establishment. Right. Because you're exposed out in public. You have to leave your gun in the car. And so there's that, period, there's that distance between your car and the restaurant when you're completely, uh, you're completely at risk. That makes no sense to me. Reminds me back in the old days, if, if you had a saloon that wouldn't allow guns, well, you got off your horse, you brought your gun, and then you checked your gun at the door. Right. And so you didn't have to walk outside where the posse was waiting for you, <laughs> you know, right. so you could be armed. Yeah. But, and we're talking here with, with uh, Sheriff Derek Palmer of Cherokee County, a constitutional sheriff, uh, someone I respect greatly uh, because he is a constitutional sheriff. Uh, we're talking about the governor of North Carolina issuing executive orders about, that relate to uh, medical medical conditions and, and protection from the COVID virus. The whole problem has been that the medical advice given to the people in power has been given by doctors who are not on the front lines practicing medicine necessarily. Uh, there is a, no medical logic for a lot of the rules and regulations like you mentioned. Well, you know, a lot. Of, if you go back and you look from the start of the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, from the beginning of the year to now, um, it seems like that we've had this constant bounce back and forth about what to do, what not to do. Uh, you know, they started out with 
masks do not help. It does no good to wear a mask. You don't wear a mask uh, at all because that it makes no difference whether you wear it or not. Then it went to now that it's mandatory you have to wear a mask. You know, they went from it cannot be transmitted through the air. It has to be a, a fluid transfer, you know. Now it's getting you can't be within six feet of each other because you could contaminate somebody, um, you know, just by, by being within their or within six feet of them. It went from, you know, that you can't transmit it by uh, just touching something. It had to be a it had to be a liquid transfer. Uh, and if you did touch a door, sneezed on the door or whatever, that it, it was gone. You know, I had dispersed alcohol and it was gone. Um, now they're saying it could last up to, you know, 10 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour, you know, if you don't clean. So I think there's, there's just a lot of misinformation out there that's going back and forth and, and I think because of this, a lot of our governors around the nation and our governor in North Carolina, I think, is just doing knee-jerk reactions uh, to whatever the latest fad or thought of the medical field has come out. Well, that didn't work. Let's try this kind of thing. Um, bottom line is, and, and I think if you look at most of the medical professionals, of course, you are and I'm not a medical professional, uh, but if you listen to what a lot of the medical professionals that are on the front lines that, that do this you know, day in and day out, uh, across our nation says is that until we get exposed as a community and it spreads and we develop herd immunity to it and and we uh we do these things that we're going to live with this forever until we until we get exposed until we develop herd immunity um you know so so that's one of the questions we 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 have to ask ourselves do the numbers really support what the all these governors are doing and i i took it upon myself to uh look at some of the numbers you know from uh, just researching what's the COVID uh, confirmed number cases and what's the death rates and uh, as compared to type A flu uh, from this year, from January to to end of June this year. And if you look at that, there's there's percentage-wise and number-wise, more people have died of type A flu and the, and the death rate is a higher transmission rate on the type A flu than if you add the numbers up that's, that's out there. And do it yourself and add them up. The death rate is more with the type A flu than it is of COVID-19. And so we've not been in this epidemic before or pandemic before where we've shut down businesses and shut down everything because people are dying of type A flu. So so what is the what is the reason that we're willing to shut our country completely down? And I want to answer that just in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. I think that we have a lot of politicians, uh, both from a state and federal level, that are more willing to see our nation crumble and willing to see us go completely under than to see Donald Trump succeed. And, and, I, and I think that is, is a lot of what we're seeing going on in our nation now. Um, you know, that's a harsh thing to say, and that's a bad thing to say, but if you look at the reactions of a lot of our politicians and what they're doing and their reactions toward the Trump administration and their reactions toward conservatives in general – uh, they're willing to stand back and let this do whatever they can do for this nation to crumble than to give Donald Trump any kind of credit or anything for, for any good works that he's done or any, any benefits that he's done in this nation. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Shakta!
Once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. The whole concept of universal gun registration, that concept has been used time and time and time again for dictators and governments for knowing who has guns because then you can go and confiscate them once you know uh, where they are. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum Saturdays at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. on the Talk of the Mountains, News Talk 95.1.